Hello world and welcome back. This is Kariko by Cutica Health with your host, Taman. Today we're looking at the topic postpartum depression versus postpartum psychosis. Postpartum depression versus postpartum psychosis. Let me start by saying childbirth is one of the most special locations in a woman's life. While it brings a lot of joy and new experiences, the intense experience can also bring about psychological distress and disorders. Now, there are two major psychological disorders that may occur after pregnancy, postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis. Although they share some similarities, these disorders are quite different from each other. And now let's look at five ways in which they differ from each other. Number one, what does each disorder entail? Postpartum depression is a mood disorder that occurs after childbirth in which there is low mood feelings of hopelessness and difficulty connecting with one's child. It usually occurs in the first two weeks after childbirth. Postpartum psychosis, PPP, is also known as postnatal psychosis. Now, this is a severe mental disorder in which there are changes in mood and behavior as well as a loss of contact with reality. Postpartum psychosis can begin very suddenly within hours of childbirth or may take weeks or months to appear. If PPP is not treated immediately, it places mothers at a 5% risk of suicide and a 4% risk of committing infanticide. Number two, they have different prevalences. So postpartum psychosis is rare compared to postpartum depression. About one or two in every 1,000 mothers will experience postpartum psychosis, while postpartum depression affects an estimated one in seven new mothers annually and between 10% and 20% of all women. Number three, they manifest different symptoms. Now, there are important symptoms that differentiate these disorders from each other. Some key symptoms of postpartum depression include, number one, low or depressed mood. Number two, feelings of worthlessness, hopelessness, and guilt. Number three, loss of interest or enjoyment in one's hobbies and favorite activities. Number four, difficulty bonding with one's baby. Number five, feeling overwhelmed when faced with childcare and caring for oneself. Number six, fatigue. Number seven, sleep disturbances. Number eight, poor concentration. And number nine, thoughts of harming oneself or the baby. And now the key symptoms of postpartum psychosis include, number one, hallucinations. Hearing, seeing, feeling, or smelling things that are not there or real. Number two, paranoia having irrational beliefs and thoughts. Number three, loss of touch with reality. Number four, inability to sleep for long periods of time. Number five, sudden and extreme mood swings, alternating between high energy and racing thoughts to low mood. Number six, disordered thoughts and speech. Number seven, being agitated, violent, and or aggressive. And number eight, having thoughts of harming oneself and the baby. And now to number four, in the different ways they differ from each other, they have different risk factors or causes. Postpartum depression tends to have social causes or risk factors, while postpartum psychosis often results from biological factors. Now, you are at risk for postpartum depression if you have depression during the pregnancy, if you have a personal history or family history of bipolar disorder, anxiety, or depression, if you have a history of drug or alcohol use, if you experience a major life event such as death of a loved one, job loss, divorce, etc.
or if you experience complications in childbirth, pregnancy, or breastfeeding. Also, you are at risk if you have a poor support system, if you have multiple children or a baby with special needs, and you are under the age of 20. Now, your risk for postpartum psychosis, PPP, is higher if you have a pre-existing disorder, such as bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, or schizoaffective disorder. Also, if you have a family history of bipolar disorder, psychosis, or postpartum psychosis, and if you have had PPP in the past, there's a 50% chance of experiencing it again, or you stop using psychiatric medication during pregnancy. These are some of the things that increase your risk for postpartum psychosis. And now on to number five in the ways they differ from each other. They are treated or managed in different ways. Postpartum psychosis is considered a medical emergency because both the mother and baby are at high risk. Thus, it is often treated through hospitalization in an inpatient setting. Postpartum depression, on the other hand, can be treated in outpatient settings with medication, therapy, or both. In closing, these disorders are not a sign of weakness, laziness, or a personal failing. I take that again. These disorders are not a sign of weakness, laziness, or a personal failing. They result from biological and or social factors. Both postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis can be resolved with the right treatment and care. Thank you so much for joining me today. That is all I have for you. Now, for more information on health-related topics like this, simply log on to www.cuticahealth.com. That is C-U-T-I-C-A health.com. And for more episodes like this, find us on your podcast platforms like Spotify, Amazon, and Apple Podcasts at Carigo by Cutica Health. I hope you always stay alive, healthy, and kicking. Don't forget, this is still Carigo by Cutica Health, and I am still your host, Aman. I'll see you next time.